We're so excited. If this is your first time, we're so excited that you chose to spend Super Bowl Sunday with us. And we do something uh, semi-annually at the, at the beginning of college football season and then on Super Bowl Sunday, something we call Team Sunday, where we get to just kind of update and encourage people to be a part of this team. And, and the one that we celebrate on Super Bowl Sunday, we get to kind of uh, talk about what God did in, in 2017 or the year previous, and then kind of look forward to some upcoming projects. But I want to start us out this morning um, with a question. And the question is this, have you ever tried to do a task by yourself and realized you couldn't? Um, I think for me, this happened when I first tried to like move. You know what I'm saying? We talked about a couple weeks ago that you really figure out who your friends are um, when, you f when you move, right? Who shows up to help you? I hate moving. Moving things, moving furniture, right? Um, uh, big, clunky, like, just stuff that doesn't fit through doorways, right? I mean, you really figure out who loves you. But um, just a little over 18 months ago, Callie and I packed up all our belongings uh, in the Los Angeles region and uh, moved to Ponca City, right? And uh, we had to have a ton of help. And it's a funny story because I was the guy who uh, got the, everything set up, uh, bought a U-Haul. I can't even remember the, 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 the size of the U-Haul, but it was like the second, it was almost like the, the top tier in terms of the, the size, but it was like the second biggest. I was like, surely that'll be enough. And um, here's what I know. We started, uh, we started unpacking our stuff and we realized we had an overabundance of stuff that we, that we uh, put in our small little house that was a parsonage. Uh, they're in Burbank, California, but it just so happened when I, when I showed up to go pick up the U-Haul, they didn't have any of the size that I ordered, and they're like, oh, just take the big one, and I'm like terrified, because I'm like, I'm not going to drive a big rig, I don't know what I'm doing, you know what I mean, across the country, but anyway, we, so we get this big, like, I show up, and you know, it's got like graffiti on the side, like, it's just like, Kelly's like, what are you doing, you know, uh, so I pull up, and we start filling this thing up, and we just had tons and tons of help, like our former youth leaders, um, as we were youth pastors in the previous season, actually our very own John Hernandez was there, uh, our youth pastor there helping us because he was a part of uh, uh, that church at that time before God called him to move here. And we started filling this thing and it was just like, Lord, you are faithful. You know, it was like, God, you provided me with the bigger U-Haul. And I actually have a picture. Yeah, uh, we, it got to the point like this is like, I don't know, like three-fourths of the way through, right? Where you just like, you fill all the boxes and all the big stuff up nice, but then you just start like tossing stuff in the back and just like throwing like random clothes, bags of clothes. Like you can see Callie's bike. It's just like, launched it forward, you know, it's like, just stay there, you know what I mean? So uh, these are a couple of my buddies who actually are still uh, a part of the church that, that we came from there in Burbank, California, Francisco and, and Philip, and uh, they were just a, a piece of the help in terms of the chaos that ensued when we, when we moved uh, all of our belongings uh, from Burbank, California to Ponca City, Oklahoma. And uh, here's what I know as, I, as we begin talking about a team. Having a team is helpful. How many of you guys know that? Come on, somebody. We can't do this life alone. Um, we're going to turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 6. It's kind of like the verse that I just kind of want to, to theme out the conversation that we're going to have this morning about all that God's doing in our church and all we're excited about. It says this in Acts chapter 6, start, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, in those days, this is talking about the early church. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them uh, and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. I love this, this scripture because it shows there was an issue with the early church. Thousands of people are making the decision that they want to be followers of Jesus. And I think it's so funny. I shared this scripture in kind of an article with our staff this week, and then this popped up in our devotions this week um, on the Life Journal reading plan. And I was like, man, like it's just so good. But I love this. This illustrates there was a, there was a structure problem, right? That the, the, the church of Jesus didn't just like multiply overnight. It was just like, by faith, we're going to walk into this thing, and now we have like over 2 billion Christians on the earth, right? No, they're, they're, I love this verse because it shows that there had to be a structure. There had to be some handing of the baton. There had to be, hey, we understand that we could do this whole distribution of food, but let's allow this to be a ministry that somebody else carries. There was a team dynamic. There was structure that we saw in the early church as it began to grow, as it began to multiply. And the Bible shows us a demand for organization. It shows us a demand for structure, right? And I love that this, this morning we're... 
we're talking about a team of people that represents a family. And, and the team we're talking about this morning is, is Ponca City Church, this family. And um, our vision and, and who we are as a church, we've had that kind of tagline, that family matters. That we truly believe that, that, that not only in terms of the, the families that maybe you and I have grown up in, and the household we grew up in matters, but more, even more than that, there's a spiritual family that God calls us to be a part of called His Church. And we just desire that. We just believe that no one's meant to live this life alone. So we just, our vision is to understand that family matters. So we want to make sure that we can extend ourselves in being a family uh, to anyone and everyone. Amen? Now, really quickly, uh, I just want to walk through quickly the DNA of this family. We've been in a series called Family Matters where we've been defining uh, some of these things about who we are. And we did some surveys and we collected some data. So really quickly, I just want to kind of do a quick review before we jump into all the great things that God did in 2017. And, and here's, the, here's the DNA of our family. Our family goal is this, to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We, we're after anyone and everyone because we realize that God's love is universal. And we also want to be people that aren't fake. We want to be genuine. We want to be genuine followers of the Lord. We want to be people that are active in our faith. Not just hearers, but doers of the word. Here's our motto, our family motto. Is this, we exist to be the church, not a building. We're just, we, we understand that the, the, the building is a part of it, but, but, but the church is the people, right? And we are the church. The church is not a destination that we come to, but the church is who we are. So that's our motto, because that helps us remind ourselves about the responsibility that we have as being the church. Amen? Let's talk about our family values really quick. Six of them. Our family values are this. Number one, our family's table always has an open seat. We are tight-knit with a mission to never stop expanding. I love that. Number two, our family's kids are today's future. We believe the next generation is now. We, we place a high priority. And as a church, historically, uh, over 65 years, this church has existed, and we've always placed a high priority in our kids. Number three, our family's neighbors are worth the risk of failure. We operate with big faith to make our neighbor's family. We want to reach people. We want people to become a part of the family, adopt others into this family because we've understood what it means to follow Jesus, and we want others to get in on that because of his grace, his love, and what he's done for us, right? Number four, our family city is the subject of our heart and the object of our love. We desire our city and community to experience the goodness of God. Come on, we want to be a, a church that allows the goodness of God to flow into everything that happens in our city. Uh, number five, our family's members are the greatest opportunity for leadership. We see that the best leaders are developed in the house. Man, we got, as long as we got bodies who are breathing in the house, we understand there is a potential for multiplication, leadership, and more ministry to happen. Amen? Number six, our family's home displays the standard of heaven. We gather with excellence, vibrancy, and passion. We want to make sure that that our building, that our house, that our home is a place where people feel welcome in. Um, and we know that that's been a, an issue we wrestle with because our building's so old, right? But once again, we're, we're excited about everything God's doing, and we're going to give an update on all those things pretty soon. Okay, next, our family plan, right? This is what we do. This is how we know what we say yes to and no to. This is how we know we're going to accomplish our, our, our goal, right, to adopt anyone and everyone. Uh, first and foremost, our family plan is you got to move in. you got to get comfortable. If you're a person that wants to get integrated in this family, we just want to make this an atmosphere in a church, uh, a family that you can get integrated into very easily. And once you become a part and get integrated and get comfortable, there's four main things that we do in our household. Uh, we encourage people to grow up. We encourage people to make friends. We encourage people to get a job. And we encourage people to love the neighborhood. Love the neighborhood. So there's different avenues that we offer in our church to fulfill all four of those things. And then lastly, uh, after everybody kind of hangs out and is a member of the household for a while, we encourage people to move out because we believe when you move out, uh, you make room for others. So moving out simply just means this. You're leading something. You're, 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 you're deciding to be a person that, that begins to lead others and make room for others to, to move in. Amen? So that's, that's our plan. That's our family plan. That's how we accomplish it. And then, and then lastly which we talked about last week, was our, our family reputation. And this is our family reputation. This is, this is what we want to be known by, and this is how we're going to measure success at our church to make sure that we're doing the things that we feel like we're supposed to be doing. So are we getting closer to that goal? Are we measuring? Are we understanding that everything we're set out to doing, are we staying on track? So the four ways that we measure that in terms of our family reputation is to genuinely understand God's love with our mind, to genuinely feel God's love for others with our heart, to actively spread God's love with our feet, to actively bring others to God's love, and repeat, head, heart, mind, feet, right? There we go. Mind, heart, 
feet repeat. So uh, that's what we do, and that's how we're going to celebrate this morning, and that's how we're going to base our entire conversation is, is based on those things. Are we, are we keeping up? Are we, are we keeping up with the theme of saying that we are going to honor God with our minds? We're going to love other people with our hearts. We're going to actually be doers of God's word once again. And a lot of these themes and things we're talking about overlap, and that's the beauty of it. And then finally, are we going to bring others to God's love and repeat that? Are we going to continually bring other people with us, lead other people uh, into a relationship with Jesus? Because we believe that that's primary, and that, that means everything. So uh, really quickly, before we dive into celebrating uh, 2017, I just want to introduce a few key people that are built uh, and are, are in positions to serve you. Uh, as the church body. So I want to invite up really quickly uh, our current church staff. Can we welcome them up as they come? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was looking back on last year, and what's so cool about this is we actually have a couple new faces from our team last year, so, uh, which is exciting. Our, our staff and our team uh, is, is growing, and these people are, their job positions is for the purpose to equip the saints for the work. Of the ministry, as it says in Ephesians, that that we believe that all the ministry doesn't shouldn't fall on us, but our job is to equip us as the church to be the church. So uh, many of you guys obviously know Pastor Callie, uh, who is the co-pastor. We're like, are we going to left or right? What are we doing here? Uh, anyway, uh, Pastor Callie's the co-pastor. Um, just to make it clear, she's not the pastor's wife. She's the co-pastor. Means if you've ever been to this church you, and you've heard this woman preach, you know there is a calling on her life to not only preach the word but to lead. And, and for those of you who are a part of our women's conference that Callie planned this year, that is one fraction of the fruit of the ministry that flows from this woman's life. So um, a part of the values of our church. Yeah, amen is that we are a church that believes in, in, in women in ministry leadership. And we never want the glass ceiling to impact a woman in terms of her ministry contribution because there are a lot of people in our world today that are trying to silence women, even within the walls of the church. But with a good biblical conviction, which we're going to get into biblical interpretation later, uh, we just believe that with everything that we have uh, to, to empower uh, our women into ministry roles and positions. Amen? Um, and, and then next we have uh, Pastor John Hernandez, our youth pastor. Many of you guys know. Um, You've been with us how long now, John? It's crazy. Yeah, very similar. I mean, he came, I think, six months after us, so felt the call of God on his life as well to come serve the youth in Ponca City. So uh, John's our youth pastor, doing a great job. Also handles a lot of our media and graphics, anything visually stimulating. John's the guy, so you're like, oh, I like that graphic. Typically, um, John's designed it. Uh, he did that part-time uh, for a living, living in L.A., and, and people still contact John uh, for his work uh, in terms of just the great job that he does. So we're blessed to have John. And then uh, one of our new hires, Julianne O'Neill, who we're trying to figure out her job t title uh, because it's like secretary. It's like administrative assistant. Like we're making it up as we go because obviously you guys know we've been changing a lot and we're bringing focus, and we want Julianne's role to honor the focus of making sure that we're staying on track, right? So Julianne, uh, we just brought her on to help uh, part-time just to help us in the office and with some administrative things. And let me just tell you already, like, we have a copy room, and she helped clean that, and it's looked, it looks better than it ever has before. Uh, she's a big fan of the trash can, you know what I'm saying, which means she's my friend uh, because we got a lot of stuff at this church that just needs to be thrown away. I'm just going to be real with you. So uh, she's been doing a great job. And then not present on the platform is Sarah Bell, who we just hired uh, several months ago to be our kids' pastor part-time. Um, she's actually back there serving the kids, so uh, clue to everyone else. We need help in kids' ministry. Come on, somebody. Uh, and she's been with us for several months, and we love the Bell family, and she's been doing a great job beginning to architect. Uh, as we said, we value kids, and, and they mean so much to us at our church. We want to empower and invest in the next generation, and Sarah's so passionate about that. Um, so we saw that. We prayed and said, hey, we're not going to be able to give you a lot of money, but can you pray about taking on this role? And she so graciously accepted several months ago, and it's done a great job, and just recently had a, had a baby. So um, she's got a lot on her plate right now, so pray for her. Also, I mentioned this too, Julianne's still looking for a part-time position, part-time work, so uh, outside of her church role, so she's been applying. But if you know any hookups, please contact Julianne. I, I want to use this time to steward that well, make sure she's set up for success as well. So anyway, can you give it up for our current staff team? So... I consider that kind of more of our upfront uh, staff team, but we have a couple roles that I want to also highlight that work so diligently behind the scenes. Um, it's Tommy Thompson in the room right now. He's in the back. He's in the back. Give a wave. Yeah, he's outside the walls. Tommy helps uh, with our facilities uh, throughout the week. Yeah, give it up for Tommy. 
you won't, you won't always see this guy up front, but this guy, I mean, is serving us faithfully in the background each and every day of the week, it seems like. Just in here, making sure that this building stays clean, looks really well. And then Kim Anderson, do we have Kim Anderson in the house? Wave if you're here, Kim. Uh, I know Brian was in here at some point. Okay, yeah. Kim Anderson, she's our treasurer. Um, she comes in a night a week and, and handles all the books for the church because I would have no clue what I'm doing. So really thankful for Kim um, and just keeping everything on track and making sure we're on budget. So, yeah. A lot of people uh, working up front, but once again, uh, I just truly believe this. The body of Christ is literally a body. And, yeah, you can have the skin and you can have the up front, but without the inside, without the organs, we cannot function. I also want to highlight another kind of behind-the-scenes group, which is our, our financial board, what we call our church council, which is a group of people that um, make sure that we're staying on track strategically with our finances and anything that we, we meet monthly and make sure that purchases are in line and, and with what we're going to do in the vision of our church. So if you're on the current church council, can you just stand up really quick so we can just honor you? Yeah, I think most of them are in the room. Current mer members of our church council, I think we're missing, yeah, we're missing Vicki Van Curen this morning. Um, who's a part of our church council. So yeah, we have a, an awesome team and awesome people that have gone above and beyond just to serve the vision uh, of this church. And once again, that's why we've been a church that has existed for over 65 years. All right, you guys, are you guys ready to celebrate 2017 a little bit, get a little bit of an update? Uh, let's do that, you guys. So celebrating 2017, once again, our measurements. Let's, let's look at this again. Uh, we're measuring it based on who we want to be, right? So this is how we're going to say... Uh, and measure if we're doing a good job or not is, is based on these things of our reputation of who we, we want to be. And many times church, uh, churches, I mentioned this last week, uh, base their measurements on three, the three B's, butts and seats, budget, and building. Now, I think those things are great, but I think we get in trouble in terms of our measurements uh, when that becomes the only thing that we measure is how many people are coming to, to church services, uh, how good is the building, and how big is the budget, right? Those things matter, but this is the way we just feel in terms of our goal to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus that we're going to measure yearly and see how we're doing, give updates in comparison. So the first part that we're going to look at is to genuinely understand God's love with our mind. So here's how we've kind of categorized some things that we're celebrating. Uh, one of them being uh, the number of people water baptized. Now, actually, this year, we didn't water baptize anyone. You might be like, Whoa. but here's the cool thing. We're water baptizing people next week. Next week is our water baptism Sunday, and we're starting off, and I know we're baptizing, baptizing several people, water baptizing several people. And the other cool praise report is we've had 18 salvations in this past year, which is awesome. So we celebrate that. Um, really quickly, uh, the, the slide for that baptism, if, if you didn't know, uh, next week, if you have any questions or you're a person that's like, I'd, I'd like to be water baptized or learn more about what that means, um, please sign up at the Connect table uh, before you leave. You can always email the church at info at poncacitychurch.com as well. We'll get you the information you need. If you want to get baptized, we want to get you a fast track on the fast track of understanding what that means and get you baptized next week. Amen. Come on. Uh, let's go back. And the other two on that is the number of people in growth track. So growth track is a set of classes that we do every trimester, every four months, that we encourage people to go through who want to grow. One of our values in our family plan is grow up. So we launched that this year, and our total attendance, so I just added up every time we hosted a growth track, how many people came. So the grand total of people uh, that were in attendance at growth track is 119, which is awesome, uh, because that's something that we started that's new, and it also indicates that people are engaging and people are growing, right? And then lastly, uh, one of the ways that we can measure how we're understanding God's love with our mind is resources. One of the big investments we'll talk about later was making sure we had resources for people to purchase uh, in our library, which is the, the room that is immediately outside the sanctuary doors. So there's a few resources that I want to highlight. Uh, we did a sermon series called The Mandela Effect, which was based on uh, biblical interpretation, biblical hermeneutics, meaning that we, wanna, we take interpreting the Bible really highly at this church. We, we, we want to understand what the Bible says. We want to understand that we as Western people, uh, there's a cultural gap that exists in understanding Eastern culture, which can sometimes make the Bible hard to understand. So we did this sermon series, and there was a couple of resources that I really want to highlight uh, out of that. One being a, a study Bible called the Cultural Background Study Bible. This is available in our library, and I know several of you have been engaging with this. This is like Bible college in a book, almost. Um, a lot of the cultural assumptions that sometimes our Western minds come up against uh, negate what actually culturally is happening in the scriptures. So this is a huge resource. I use this a lot on top of a few other cultural resources uh, when I study 
um, when I when I plan messages. So this is a great resource. Once again, uh, really recent, a lot of recent modern scholarship uh, dedicated into this piece of work. So I'd highly recommend this for a study Bible. Also, there's a book by a guy named Gordon Fee that's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. So it just talks about interpreting the Bible, the lenses that we use. This is a great resource that I would recommend for anybody that's like, yeah, the Bible like is hard to understand or, or doesn't make sense. This is going to be a helpful tool into being responsible in how we interpret the Bible and understand it. We also did a couple other resources, uh, financial resources. We did a, a series on stewardship called Triple Threat. And a couple resources that I recommended and used in that series, uh, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. This is a book all about financial generosity. Uh, from a biblical worldview, and if you ever have, if you know a Gateway Church in Dallas, you know that that's a, man, a really thriving church, and they're seeing God do a lot of amazing things. Robert Morris is the author of this book, also the pastor of that church, and just does a great job of just talking about what it means to live a blessed life, because when you give out of the abundance and you live a generous life, there's no greater blessing in terms of experiencing God's goodness in that way. And then uh, really practical, uh, I highly recommend this. This has changed my life. If you've never heard of Dave Ramsey, he has this workbook. It's a book called Total Money Makeover that's all about the practicals of budgeting. I love Callie mentioned earlier in the offering time, like we do uh, envelopes every month, cash envelopes, and it's kind of like here's our budget for the month. When we spend it, it's gone. That principle came from this book. So if you're a person that's like, I'm struggling financially, like I'm, I, I get it. Like there, there's resources that we can have, but I'll tell you what, th this book transformed the way I thought about finances by just reading a book. So with, uh, we sell it for $20 in there. So for $20, really helpful resource if you're a person that's like, man, I just need help with my finances. This is the type of stuff we want to get in your hands because this is a resource that's just been a huge blessing. And we want to continue to utilize our library to encourage uh, resources that we just feel are really, really helpful in terms of the ways that we understand God and honor God with our mind. Amen? Sweet. So that's, that's the first kind of set and numbers category. Uh, uh, we're looking at this morning. The next one is to genuinely feel God's love for others with our heart. So there's two main measurements that we look at in terms of going above and beyond. Loving people, having a heart for people. Uh, number one is we're measuring the number of people who have committed to being heart and soul. This is our uh, active membership roster. These are people, it's like, what, do you, what is heart and soul? Heart and soul are the people that are in our church that are committing to go above and beyond, to serve uh, above and beyond, to show up early, to get into a small group, to lead a small group maybe, to financially give out of their abundance. These are the people that have just basically said in this last year as we went through growth track and said, I'm willing to do that. And that's going to be the one, one of the major ways that we really celebrate um, people that are having a big heart for other people because we are a church for other people. It's not like a club that's saying, hey, we're so good. It's like you're joining the club to say we're going above and beyond to serve people's needs because we want to reach people. We want to care for people. So we had 25 people commit to being heart and soul. That's something new that we just started this last year with our growth track, which I mentioned. But um, I, I never honored these people. So here's what I want to do this morning. Those 25 people, I'm going to list them. And I just want you, if you can, to stand to your feet. And I just want us to, to, to give it up for those people as we honor the people that have committed to going above and beyond. Uh, let me read these 25. Amy Burdick, Ashley Blodgett, Dale Henshaw, Dina McLeod, Denise Barone, Janice Hernandez, Jeff Hernandez, Jim Owens, Kelsey Sheik, Kyle McCormick, Lawanda Springer, Marcus McLeod, Marianne Kirkendall, Mike Adkins, Miranda Adkins, Paula Buck, Peggy, Peggy Henshaw, Scott Barone, Shane Burdick, Chandra Sheik, Sue May, Sybil Hager, Tina Fagi, Vicki Van Curen. Can you guys stay standing? Can we give it up for those people this morning? Hey! And here's the deal. You might say, well, I've been a member or like... We're, we're kind of, we're transitioning our membership into what we're calling heart and soul. So if you're a person that's like, I used to be a member, contact the church. We can get you what we call our membership covenant, and uh, you can fill that out, or you can go through growth track. We're really encouraging everybody to go through growth track, since that represents a lot of the values and what we're encouraging other people to be a part of. So uh, if, if you're a person you're like, oh, I feel like I should be a part of that, or I left out, just contact the church. I know I probably miss people, too. That's the thing. It's like, we haven't been as organized as we'd like to, but just wanted to make sure that we just honor those people, and if you're a person that they're like, I thought I signed one or whatever. Uh, get a hold of the church, and we'll make sure we, we, we get you going, and we will honor you in the Sundays to come whenever we do this. So, um, Awesome, you guys. And then next is what we call our heart for the house, which is a financial update. So I just want to give us a financial update in terms of 2017, uh, which has been a big year. So 2017, we were in the black, which is a good thing. Can we give hallelujah for being in the black? Come on. Uh, and we've done a lot. 
Now, it's interesting, our, we are in the black just a little bit, uh, $3,149, which is great. Once again, we've done a lot. We hired two new staff members. Um, we've expanded our team. We've done a lot of projects, which we're going to get into. Uh, really interesting number, year over year, we actually were down a little bit from the comparisons to last year. So there was a little bit less income, virtually the same, that came in last year. But here's some things I really want to celebrate. We did our first ever Heart for the House offering, which was a big uh, once-a-year offering in terms of, hey, Go above and beyond your tithe or your 10% and give to some of the projects that we want to see happen in 2017. Our, our Heart for the House income offering was $15,000 on that one Sunday, uh, which is amazing, right? And then uh, we have missions giving, which means uh, we spent a total of $5,528.77 to missions, meaning global missions, local missions, uh, local organizations. So we're just excited because that actually increased a little bit from last year. And we're actually going to talk about ways we can increase that even more this year just because I know that um, one of the greatest investments we can make is a global and outreach investment, right? So uh, we're going to be we're going to talk about a little bit about that. So that's that's kind of the, the big numbers that I, I like to share in terms of an update on our finances. And I'll say this, if you uh, need or would like uh, kind of more of a detailed financial report. Kim Anderson, our treasurer, can get that for you. We just want to be an open book in terms of the finances and, and get deeper into the numbers. So if you'd like to look at that or you, you, would, you would like that as a resource in terms of the church and kind of the money and, and spreadsheets and all that good stuff, uh, contact the church and we will be sure to get that to you just to make sure you can be resourced really well and, and kind of knowing and seeing where the finances have gone uh, for our church in 2017. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about where that money went, uh, our 2017 project updates. Now, this list I put up last year on this very day, Team Sunday, last Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, but how many of you guys know a lot can happen in a year? And uh, we, we, once again, we, we exist in a very old building. So the church council and I, uh, each and every month, we're dealing with uh, issues that were happening, uh, lingering issues that had still kind of existed, and we're trying to figure out ways to move forward. So... First and foremost, I want to talk about the Ministry Residency Center. Now, this has been a vision. Since Callie and I like, walked through this building for the first time when we were praying about taking uh, the church and becoming the pastors of this church, we walked through and we're just like, there's so much space. In fact, 25,000 square feet of space. Um, I actually, for a church our size, the average building size is about 7,000 square feet. Um, so we have a lot of space to make some room for uh, our church to grow. And for us to do, how many of you guys know, we're at an advantage to, to have an impact like never before. So one of the big, I'll be honest, one of the big initial kind of like stresses is like, I want to make sure we understand and are confident in, in a blueprint of where we're going. How are we going to utilize our space? I know previous and previous seasons we've used our space. We've rented it out to different local businesses and so on and so forth. But we're actually blessed with a season where we're kind of given a clean slate where everybody who was kind of using space in our building had moved out. And I just felt there was other organizations and ministries calling and saying, hey, we know you guys have space. Would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to do that? And I always had a check in my heart just saying, no, I don't want to commit to anything because I just feel like God's kind of breathing and speaking new vision in terms of how we're going to utilize our space. And more than anything, I want our space to be utilized for ministry first and foremost. I want our space to be used to, for us to accomplish the goal that we're striving for. So one of the ways we thought about utilizing our space is, what, is building out what's called a ministry residency center. So basically building out dorm space in, in, in an area of the church for interns to come. And it, it, basically for 20 hours they could live for free and become part-time staff at the church. Get ministry experience. We could bring on people full-time uh, by paying them an additional 20 hours on top of their living situation. Which cre creates a really cool model for young adults, for people that are college age. For us to say, hey, come to the church, gain some ministry experience. Maybe it's somebody who's like, yeah, I'm interested in maybe doing vocational ministry. We want to be a church, once again, that multiplies leaders and give opportunity to young leaders. Amen? So we talked about this project that I think we ran some numbers around $75,000. Uh, we could transform. Um, <laughs> this is my Microsoft Paint skills, everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of embarrassing, but I'm like, this is the easiest way to illustrate everything I'm going to try to talk about, so bear with me here. So this is a blueprint of our 25,000 square foot of madness. And uh, so, yeah, this is north, south, east, west, compass direction here. So we have the parking lot, and you can kind of orient yourself as you, you know, if you're, it's your first time, you know, you walk through the, probably the cafe, um, and you got into the sanctuary where we're sitting. So um, the nursery is just right over there. So we're kind of orient our, ourselves to this, this blueprint here, but... 
that red circle represents the area where we said, yes, we should, we should transform this area into dorm space. This is a great area with several larger classrooms. We can put a wall up uh, and we can, you know, completely renovate it. Uh, there's just some plumbing stuff that we got to take care of. We want to put a washer and dryer. You know, we started thinking through all the practicals of, okay, what's the first step? Uh, but it was interesting because during this first step, there was a lot of other stuff going on in the church where it was like, I feel, man, I feel like uh, we wrestled with this with our financial board of like, we just never broke ground on it. It was kind of like we just never made progress. And it was almost like God was like stirring something in the background. So just to kind of give an update on a current situation, that blue circle there is a long hallway. If you've ever checked your kids in, you know it's a very dreary hallway to walk all the way down and bring your kids to check in or walk back to the sanctuary. That is currently where we have tons of like storage like, there's just random stuff from, like, things of the past where we've just kind of shoved in some of those rooms. Some of those rooms also are being used for office space. So that's kind of currently. And then the purple and the yellow, or the purple and the orange, represent uh, our current kids' ministry space. So I'm going to give you an update on, on our floor plan because I feel like we finally landed on something and we've landed and have a piece about where we're going to be going for the future and how we're going to utilize all our space. And when I say all of it, I mean it because we want to make some massive investments specifically in the next generation. So um, here's, here's what's happened. We felt we got a lot of peace and understanding practically on how we're going to function for the future forward because of the situation of our address. Uh, our church sits, or our address of our building is 700 West Broadway Avenue. And if you see at the top of the screen, Broadway Avenue is the street that faces the wrong direction of the parking lot, right? So let me just get really practical. Anytime we need a package delivered to the church, nobody's there to answer the door because nobody's over there. Our offices kind of sit over there, but um, people are knocking at a door that's an empty hallway, right? Nobody's like sitting doing their work in the hallway to take a package. So it's like in the first couple weeks working here, I was like, everything's just going to have to get sent to our house. So literally, I'm like part-time box breaker down person at the house, you know. It's awesome. Uh, and I'm transferring those boxes to the church to throw away in the dumpster, right? Uh, okay, so... Uh, so, we, we, all of a sudden, we had some outside eyes. We had some other pastors and people that were visiting our church and were like, hey, have you ever thought about this? And, and they, they, they recommended this, and I never thought about it before because I was kind of sold on this idea of the Red Circle becoming our ministry residency center. And they said, what about office space? Why wouldn't you? It just makes sense to have your office space right there. Why don't you change the address of your church to actually face the chestnut side? Um, and I thought it was like light bulb going off. It was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That actually functions and would work perfectly. There's a driveway right up there from the street on Chestnut where you can no knock on the door. In fact, there's already a doorbell installed, a little buzzer that you ring, and it, it contacts people that are in that wing. I was like, this is already like functioning like offices, but then it became, okay, what about the ministry residency center? And then it was like, wait a second. We have this whole other secluded wing, which now I'm referring to the orange circle, um, that's actually the newest part of the wing that is a more advantageous situation in terms of plumbing, in terms of renovating for some dorm space, for a ministry residency, living space, and center. So that orange circle actually uh, is more prepared for the vision of what we saw for the future that we were trying to apply to that red circle, but now we felt like we got some clarity on our office space, and now, and so now, but now you're saying, okay, but that's currently where our kids' space is, so what, what are we going to do with that? That's where we're going to go and talk about the blue and the purple. The blue and the purple will become our new kids' ministry area, meaning this, all you parents that have to walk a mile to check your kids in, those days are going to soon be over. Come on, somebody. Um, yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's like, do we value kids or do we not? Do we value parents, really, right? Um, anyway, so we've talked about moving our kids' check-in to, to basically the edge of that blue, closer to the nursery where we have a central check-in area, and eventually moving all of this stuff out of storage, finding a new place for all that stuff to be in storage, also known as the dumpster, or the church basement, because we have a massive basement underneath where we're standing, um, and start getting that space organized so we can start moving forward and having vision for our new kids' ministry area, hiving out those classrooms, and, and using all of that space for our kids, because we want to serve our kids really well. We want to separate age groups. We want people to grow in their faith journey, have tons and tons of volunteers to invest in families and their kids, right? And we have all the space already set up for us to do that. Really, it's just tearing down a few faux walls that got put up for office space and making it look nice and themed for kids. So we got a few kind of concepts in terms of how to transform a, a long, dreary hallway into a cool space. So this is the kind of stuff we're, like, thinking about and praying about and looking at. Like, a church, the one on the right, I love that. So, like, right when you turn the corner, can you imagine with me? Like, you turn the corner down that dreary hallway, and it's just, like, 
a themed area. This one's an underwater tunnel area. Like, how cool is that, you guys? Um, a long hallway can easily bring life up with some colors, some painted walls. There's a couple other just concept drawings. <clears throat> yeah, like, like this one's kind of more of a street kind of a theme, and the other one's kind of like a cafe. But you can do a lot. Uh, which is theming it out and making that space really, really cool. So that's our vision. We really, once again, like, this matters. This matters to have a space where families can come and kids just love to come to church and just bright and vibrant and bringing new life to our space and utilizing it for ministry, right? There's a billion other things we could utilize our space for, but we just feel like we got a lot of clarity in terms of um, the floor plan of our church and where we want to go. And it makes more and more sense for our kids to not be secluded all the way over on the other side of the church, but to use that secluded area for people who are going to be living at the church, technically, right? It's like, let's give them the privacy if they're going to be here the whole time, or it's a little bit separate, and let's shift the kids' wing a little bit closer where it makes more practical sense for people who are coming in, dropping their kids off, checking them in. Does this make sense with anybody else? Does this resonate kind of in your hearts? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. That's a lot of clarity. It seems like not much, but for me as pastor man, I'm like, Oh, Lord, you are so good. You know, it's like, what are we going to do with this building here? You know, uh, we, need, we need clarity. So, um, and then with that being said, let's go back to that blueprint uh, with the colors. It, Chestnut Avenue is going to become the new address of our church. So we've already got it confirmed with the city. 701 Chestnut Avenue is going to be our new address. Um, but we're trying to get all of our utilities and stuff shifted over to our new office area before we make that big shift. When that shift happens, you will hear about it. You will know about it. We'll be posting about it. We'll be making the transition. Um, but it makes a lot more practical sense. Um, tracking down vendors when they come, uh, come to the building and figuring out where to go. We just want to make that super easy and clear. Put a sign out there. Here's the offices. The address will lead people right to those doors rather than leading them around to the back of the building where things just get really, really confusing. So this is going to help a lot in terms of organization and new people finding our church. Amen? Okay, so back to the list. So that kind of, we talked a little bit about Ministry Residency Center. So with that conversation of all that being said, um, we didn't invest really anything into our Ministry Residency Center. But what we did invest in is the way that we rethought about this model. Because this is a future thing that we want to do. But one of the byproducts of doing a Ministry Residency Center is you can bring on support staff uh, in a more economic way, right? Um, but here's, here's what I realized. We own a lot on this block, and one of the things that we own that's a part of our stewardship is a couple of rental houses, a couple of rental properties that we've rented out uh, to people in the community. And for lack of a better word, this past year revealed that that wasn't quite the best investment um, without going into all the details of long council meetings and nights where we wrestled with what do we want to do with these rental properties because they just hadn't been working for us. And we thought, you know what, let's allow this to start working for the church. Let's allow this investment. Let's allow uh, what we currently have. Let's steward it in a way where it starts working for ministry. So we had two houses uh, that we decided that we needed to renovate because once the people got moved out, um, they were in some pretty rough shape. So, shape. so I'd say we, we invested about $10,000 uh, into our rental properties. But here's where it gets really exciting is that we thought, man, Let's think about these properties in the same way we would think about a ministry residency center or dorm space. How can we utilize this space that we have, this living space, for people to come on staff, to economically use that and take that advantage of that so it works for the church? So it's actually not something that we have to hassle with uh, when we have issues with the tenants and so on and so forth. So here's what we did. We uh, shifted uh, our youth pastor, John Hernandez, now lives in one of the houses. And then we utilized the other house to bring on Julianne O'Neill, who's our newest staff member, uh, secretary. So she's, uh, we allow her, basically she lives in the house. And, um, and that's, that's basically, in, 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 we swap that out for uh, 20 hours a week, part time. So you see how economically we were like, let's use this space to increase our staff and think about it in ways that we were thinking about the ministry residency center in general. And here's what I love. Now we're in a season where I feel like we have the team for our church to grow. So we have the foundation, and the ministry residency center is something that we want to do, we're going to do. But we, it allowed us, because of using our rental properties for the advantage of staff members and, and economically, we can kick that bucket a little bit down the road a little bit longer because that's a bigger project that in terms of our staff help and our staff, uh, our staffing situation as the team we have, uh, we're not needing as much of an immediate attention in terms of where we want to go as a church. Does that make sense, everybody? 
kind of an update on that. So we've really wanted to steward and, and, and make sure that those rental properties were up to a standard. So we, we, we put some money into that. Uh, we put some money into our marketing and branding, you guys, this year, our signage, uh, making sure. We hosted a couple funerals not too long ago. And uh, what we realized, especially with the first one, is people just didn't know where they were going in our church. Um, so we've adjusted our signage and, and, and have taken good kind of data collection and figuring out, hey, when people come in for the first time, can they find where things are at? You know, having signs out front uh, on the fence out there and to, to indicate parking helps encourage or helps people to understand that we exist, that there's a church that exists here at this building, right? Uh, we invested in our kids' ministry. This is a funny one. Uh, we carpeted the four rooms that exist in that kids' wing in which we're saying is going to become the ministry residency center. So uh, in turn, we carpeted rooms that no longer we're going to use in the coming future. But, hey, we knocked out a project that we don't have to worry about later. Come on. Hallelujah. Um, and God's vision is good. So, and, and then we bought supplies for the rooms. We bought a bounce house. We're still wanting to update and make those rooms that kids have activities in really nice and really good. So we're going to be continuing to invest. Our youth ministry, we made youth ministry investments into our uh, worship gear, built out a new stage for our youth ministry and the worship team, uh, which is one of the things we've really ex been really excited about in terms of our youth ministry and youth group. Uh, community Next Steps, what that means is our growth track classes in which we launched our small groups. Uh, we just wanted to make sure our small group leaders and everybody's resourced really well. We wanted to make sure we had all the supplies and things that we needed to host all those classes, uh, which we've done, and they've been going really well. Sunday morning ministry teams. Uh, we have our, our You Belong t-shirts, um, giving those to each and every one of our volunteers who serves on a Sunday morning, making sure we have a green room for people to drop off their, their personal belongings if they serve on Sunday, uh, having coffee back there, things back there for our people who are serving, our parking lot team, that's where their vests, their umbrellas, those types of investments to make sure our Sunday morning ministry teams can flow. Library resources, um, making sure our library is stocked with resources. We touched on that a little bit as we talked about some of these uh, resources that are in there. There's also tons of other ones uh, that are kind of based on the sermon series that we've been in uh, that I'd encourage you to check out in the library. And then lastly, we didn't get around to this one. This is our video audio lighting phase two. Uh, we started a big project last year uh, with our video, uh, starting with our video. That was phase one to get a nice camera, to allow the, our church to be heard and seen on social media, uh, to record our sermons, to refer back to, use for video clips, so on and so forth. So the possibilities are endless. That was our phase one that we dipped into. And then phase two of this project is our, is our speakers, our main speakers in our sanctuary. Um, the sound demons are ever so present in our church, just like many others. So um, that's that next project, to buy new speakers for our sanctuary. We hired and contracted a guy uh, in, in Orange County, California, uh, who I worked with previously. And our phase two in terms of buying our main speakers is about a $20,000 investment. Now, that's a big investment. So in terms of the ways that priorities have shifted throughout the year, um, that's just not an investment we felt like, well, we don't have the, 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 the money to do it, so we got to kick that bucket down the road a little bit as well. But we will get there as we prioritize, as, we, as we've created clarity. So that's a financial update in terms of where our money went, where we invested this year. And uh, more than anything, I'm really excited that we ended the year once again in the black. And we've done so many different projects. We've moved forward and we've created a larger staff. And we've done that in a really economic way with good stewardship. Uh, can we give it up for our council, who's this church council who serves so diligently to make sure we're staying on track? And then, and then our, of course, our, our treasurer as well, Kim Anderson. Which next time you see her, give her a big hug and a high five because she's amazing. So... Um, amen, Brian, right? Uh, I saw him in the back there. Come on, yeah, come on, yeah, there we go. Uh, anyway, cool. Uh, next on the list, you guys, actively spread God's love with our feet. So we've talked about mind, we've talked about heart. Now we're moving to feet. What have we done with our feet? How have we actively spread God's love? So uh, ways we're going to measure this, the number of people involved on Sunday morning ministry teams, the people that are showing up, that are serving on teams. Uh, we don't currently have like an accurate way to count this. That's one of the things we're going to be working on uh, to compare year to year in terms of our growth and volunteers and so on and so forth. But if you're a person, uh, can we give it up right now for the people that come early, set up, and just help and serve people every Sunday? Yeah. That's typically the people this morning that, yeah are typically wearing a You Belong shirt, so uh, we're going to make sure we, we, can, we can track that because that means a lot, right, getting people that go above and beyond. Uh, let's talk about what we're calling our four Ponca City events. 
Now, we've changed what we're calling these events or we've categorized them because we want to be a church that's known for what we're for, not what for we're against, right? So we have events that are church-wide events throughout the calendar year that are for this purpose where we encourage us as a church body to participate, to get out there, to do things that are for our city. So I just want to celebrate those things and, and, and look at those. One of those is being the great day of service. This is the day in April that comes. Uh, that's our, our next one's coming up pretty soon here where we close we don't close the doors of church But we shut down our Sunday morning service and we just get out there and we do yard work and spring cleaning for our neighbors so um, This past year there's a group our group last year uh, That served and that was 50 people came and served on that Sunday And so let's give it up for yeah, let's give it up for a great day of service Another one of our four Ponca City events is something that we started a couple Halloweens ago called our can big candy bar outreach because nothing means the love of Jesus like a big candy bar on Halloween. So we said, hey, here's what we're going to do. The way we're going to love on our city, love on our neighbors, love on the kids that go trick-or-treating is rather than doing something at the church, let's all hang out at our houses and let's hand out big candy bars only. Um, and with that, we put little stickers that, that have our church's information on that. So we did that the first year. The second year, what we realized is this past year is that some people live a little rurally where they don't have many trick-or-treaters. So we encouraged. We said, hey, if you have a house that gets trick-or-treater traction, stay there. If you don't, hey, we're going to be doing like a trunk-or-treat, and we're going to love on our neighbors in the parking lot of our church and do the same thing, hand out big candy bars. So this year, we did that, and we realized we were really underutilized in terms of our candy bars, right? Uh, we ran out of big candy bars in like 15 minutes. But here's what I'm going to say. Uh, we are going to be prepared for this next year in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And we've got some great ideas. Um, and even great ideas in terms of how we can continue to spread this message of that we are for Ponca City, right? We want to be known for what we're for. So uh, that, that was a hit, as always, the big candy bars. Uh, next, our Thanksgiving Day dinner outreach, which happens on Thanksgiving. Uh, we served over 600 people this year, you guys. So there's a picture there of the fellowship hall. Yeah, people getting served. And we partner with First Lutheran Church. Once again, man, we are all about the Big C Church, partnering together, figuring out ways we could serve with other churches to make a big impact on our community. So over 600 people were served this year. Uh, we helped serve shut-ins, people that weren't able to come to the, physically to the church building. So another thing that we're celebrating. Uh, another great thing that we did this year, our women's conference called the Morning Conference. First time, Pastor Cal hosted we had more than I think our biggest session during that conference you guys was like over 70 women uh, joined together gathered together that weekend we had brought in guest speakers guest worship leaders pastor Callie did such a great job of putting that together and there was I loved it because it wasn't just the women at our church represented it was a city representation of people that were pressing in women that were pressing in at the beginning of the year and that, that was just several weeks ago in January and then lastly just just last week um, a couple weeks ago our Chamber of Commerce banquet, and we got some pictures. We went and served the chamber and were dinner servers as we dressed in black and white. So we had 30 people, uh, about 30 people that came and served at this event. And sorry, Tracy, I had to. You know, it's like, dang it, oh, why, Pastor, why? Hey, got to get the selfie in there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, so we, we helped serve. That's something that kind of annually we've been a part of once again and saying we're, we're for you. We just want to serve. We want to wash people's feet right in the way that Jesus did in whatever way possible. So... Uh, a, a great update. And then I, a kind of a subcategory of that is we're for Ponca City, but how many of you guys know we're also for people that are in need? So one of the things that popped up in this calendar year was the disaster of Hurricane Harvey and um, uh, just all the, all the effects of a, in the aftermath of what a hurricane looks like and all the help that was needed. So um, we were contacted by our denomination, and they said, hey, can you put a team together uh, and come out next week to a church that's really in need? And it was one of our fellow uh, Foursquare churches. We're a part of the Foursquare denomination, and we said, we'll do what we can. So uh, we gathered a small team together of five people, and we went down to Angleton, Texas, which is a coast town there, Gulf Coast. And uh, when everybody was really focused in on Houston and all that, they were one of the towns that was kind of forgotten. And so we went and, and did what we could and got really dirty, and, and Pastor learned a lot because I'm not very handy. Um, so it was like drinking from the fire hose for me. Um, so I stepped a little out of my comfort zone, but it was an awesome time, and the team, we grew really close, and uh, so much was accomplished, and it, it was just an amazing way to know that our church was kind of even extended uh, to our neighboring state. Amen. 
Amen. All right. Well, um, let's go back to that once again. So we, we just kind of highlighted some events that we did. And then another way we're going to measure is the number of people involved in small groups. We want to witness community to people because that's what family does. Family gets together. Family leans on one another. So we launched our very first small groups this past year. And uh, back to that statistic, we had a total. I just added up the total attendance for our small groups. We had, let's see here, 250 people total in small groups, and that was just one trimester's worth. So we just calculated how many people showed up every time we hosted a small group. 250 people, yeah. It was awesome. So once again, that's going to be a number we're going to look at every year and say, hey, are we growing in terms of our small group involvement? Are we getting people integrated in the community? Here's a couple pictures. The left is uh, Callie and I's group that we host at our house for, for families or people that have kids as well. We did a movie night in our backyard, which was a mistake because it was like kind of getting cold during that time. Um, but we're, we're reworking it. We're learning. And then uh, this is Friendship Feast. We have a group that uh, is dedicated to just helping out needs in our city. Uh, Ashley Blodgett leads that group currently now on a bi-weekly basis. They're going to Friendship Feast and helping out at First Christian Church as they help feed kids and, and people in need. And then um, on the other weeks, she's going to uh, Creekside Assisted Living and serving the people there. So a lot of great things happen in our small groups, you guys. Uh, so, yeah. And then lastly, uh, to kind of give an update. I'm not doing on time here. Yeah, it's, we're in it for the long haul here. No. Uh, active, are we all doing okay? Are we all doing okay? Can we continue? Somebody just walks out, you know. Uh, awkward. Uh, actively bring others to God's love and repeat. So here's the things that we're measuring in terms of, of leadership and bringing others to Jesus. Are we really being people that are multiplicative in our discipleship? So number of ministry team leaders and team heads. We have seven team leaders, means seven people that lead different teams on Sunday mornings. And then our team heads, which is like kind of like the subcategory, is the lieutenants that serve underneath those people. We want to create teams that give leadership roles away to people. And so currently we have about six team heads. So, for instance, in terms of worship team, like uh, those who are up here on the platform leading the team that Sunday, like Amy this morning did such a great job leading us into worship. She's the designated team head for this Sunday. So always thinking about leadership roles in terms of how many people do we got in the bullpen and pressing into leadership. Uh, number of small group leaders, apprentices, and multiplication. We do our small groups in a way where we're always grooming up another future small group leader. So we currently have seven leaders. And we have three apprentices, means those are people that are interested in becoming small group leaders. They're shadowing the groups that they're at with hopes of starting a group of their own. And then we have eight total groups. So those are numbers we're always going to look at as well because we want to look at, once again, leadership multiplication. And are we expanding the ministry to get others and make room for others to be involved? Number of leaders sent, zero. And what this represents is basically... Uh, Church planners, people that we're sending out, missionaries out of our church, people that um, are, are, are no longer going to be geographically close to Ponca City, but that we're blessing and serving and helping as, as they just become an extension of the body of Christ that we're kind of came through this church family to be launched in vocational ministry. So those are things I'm interested in. And here's what I know. It's zero because I know when those top couple categories begin to increase, we're going to see that number increase as well, right? Amen. And then lastly, it's good to look at our overall church growth. This is Callie and, Callie and I's first calendar year as the pastors of this church, full calendar year. So we're going to look at this number and compare it next year. So our average 2017 Sunday attendance was 140. So we're going to compare that number to next year to be fair with a full calendar year and say, okay, how are we doing? Because once again, church growth is a good measurement of understanding, are we making an impact? Are we growing? What are the different ways? But when it becomes the only measurement, that's where we can get into trouble because our people growing, right? Our people engaging, our people getting into community, so on and so forth. So uh, that's a lot to celebrate. So that's kind of the update on 2017. So can we just celebrate and give it up to God for all the things that have been accomplished? I'm excited. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit of the future, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dismiss and we're gonna get out of here. A couple things I'm excited about, and let's ask this question. I think this is what it is. What can I do? Right? What can I do in the coming weeks, in the coming months to contribute uh, in terms of what Ponca City Church and what we want to accomplish and see happen? Uh, first thing is this, attend and invite others. Come on. We got we to gotta bring people with us, and we want uh, new people. We're, we're, we're always thinking about our guests. We're thinking about how we can allow our guests to get comfortable. If you're a guest this morning, once again, we just want to say we're so glad you're here, and we just hope that your experience has been a good one because we want to make sure that you are served and, and your whole family served. And, and, and we just want to do a good job at that. That's one thing we've been talking about a lot, right? Um, but here's, 
what I'm so excited about. Next week's a good week to invite because we're starting something new. We traditionally have done Mission Sunday, the second week of every month, where we highlight, hey, what's, what's God doing globally? Kind of what are some things, some updates denominationally, the impact that we're making. Uh, we want those Sundays to come alive like they never have before. We have these events called Four Ponca City Events, but we want this four campaign to extend on a monthly basis as well. So here's what we thought, and here's in our prayers we thought would be so cool in our Four Ponca City Sundays. Can we get that other slide back up there? Four Ponca City, yeah. Uh, before we move forward, uh, next week, you guys, we're going to start doing something that we've never done before. We want to start blessing and highlighting local businesses and local nonprofits. So what we're saying is on the second Sunday of every month, it's going to be a Four Ponca City Sunday. So meaning this, for every single person that comes, our church attendance that week, we're going to do a dollar-for-dollar match, write a check, and hand it to a local business or local nonprofit and highlight them and love on them. So, meaning this, um, the one that we're going to highlight this next week is who we are helping and insisting serve with in one of our small groups, Creekside Assisted Living. We just want to bless them. The lady, one of the ladies, the key marketers for that came and visited me and was like, hey, we noticed you guys were serving and, and just asked a lot of questions about our church. And I thought, man, it'd be so cool if we just bless them, right? So on a monthly basis, this is what we're going to do. Next week, for everybody that comes in here as we take attendance, that number, so let's say 140, there's our average, right? We're going to write a check and we're just going to give it to them and say, hey, we just want to be a blessing to you. We, just, we raise money as a church because we realize you're making a huge impact in our community, right? Um, and we're going to do that on a monthly basis. Highlight and say, come on, we want to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. We want to highlight people that are starting businesses that are doing a great job, helping revitalize, bringing life and more life into the city. Amen? And then what we're going to do on top of that is whatever that amount is that we're going to do locally, we're going to match it, and then we're going to give globally on top of everything else that we give, right? So it's a great Sunday to invite because it, it gets us in the framework of understanding that when we invite, we're making a bigger difference than we even realize, and we want to bless and highlight our community and let our community continually be reminded that we are for you and we are supporting you, and we believe in you. Amen? Anybody excited about that? Next week, first one, we're going to bless uh, Creekside Assisted Living. So, great. And then another opportunity to get involved with in is getting a job. It's one of our things, right? It's like, get a job. Come on. you gotta, you got to carry the weight a little bit uh, if you're going to be a part of this family, right? You don't want to be the spoiled brat, which we talked about. Uh, you know, the one that never does their chores. So, uh, we're doing a ministry team luncheon after service on February 18th, talking about uh, getting involved on teams, talking to our current team leaders, and we're going to use this time just to talk about our strategy and talking about, hey, we want to make sure that guests feel above and beyond welcomed, and we've thought about all these things and kind of what our strategy is going to be moving forward. So uh, RSVP, please, um, because if you don't RSVP, we won't buy enough food, and then you're going to have to be second in line, and then you might not get food. So please RSVP. Connect table on the event page on our website. You can fill out the information as RSVP. Uh, sounds good. Cool. Uh, next, we got some other stuff coming up. Our seven-day church fast. We did this last year, our annual church-wide fast. Fasting, what does it mean? Abstaining from certain things. We're saying no to certain things in our body or in our life to say yes more to God. Replacing those things. So we're saying, man, we just want to pray. We want to pray over this next year. Believe it's going to be a big year. Uh, pray over these things and use that week to do that. So for me, you know, this, this could look like modifying your diet. This could mean abstaining from food uh, practically altogether. I've heard of the Daniel fast where you only eat things that like are from the ground, right? So fruits and veggies and grains, no added sugar, those types of things. So the possibilities are endless. I, I know one of the parts of my fast is I'm going to transition my phone into a dumb phone. So all the smart capabilities on my phone. So I'm only going to take phone calls and text messages for that week. Uh, it's just because how many of you guys know that this can be such a distraction in our lives and distract us from the things that the Lord wants to get our attention in? So we're going to be doing that as a church. And that church fast is going to lead into March 4th, which is our uh, Heart for the House, our annual offering. You might have noticed when you came in, there is an envelope on each and every one of your seats, uh, a Heart for the House envelope. And this is what I'm saying is grab one of these and pray. Inside, there's an insert into terms of what, ways that you can contribute. This doesn't just mean money, right? This could mean you're a person that's getting comfortable at our church, started attending our church. Check the box and just commit to being a prayer partner in terms of what God wants to do uh, in 2018. We've also included a little thing in there, which I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, called the three-month tithe challenge. Meaning this, if you're a person that's been hanging around in church for a while, and you're like, well, I haven't committed to tithing, also known as 
known as giving 10%. We believe that's a biblical principle, and we believe when people follow through with that biblical principle, all of the needs of the church are met, right? Uh, so we've designed this flyer here, and here's what we're saying is, if you're a person, you're like, ah, I've been on the fence about, like, tithing, and that's really difficult, and, like, I have my budget, it's set, I don't know if I can do that. We just said, hey, let, test God, let's see. The three-month tithe challenge is money-back guaranteed, meaning this, start tithing to this church, fill this thing out, start tithing, and if you don't feel like God has blessed you or God has followed through in his promises, you will get 100% of your money back. We just, we just believe that God's going to be faithful. I've seen God be faithful in my life financially, monetarily, and I know God's faithful, so put God to the test and see God break through in a big way. Amen? Amen. Cool. So that's included in there. That's one of the checkboxes, and we'll talk more about uh, Heart for the House as we gear up for that in the coming weeks. Um, but that's one of the ways you can just commit this year maybe to being, having a Heart for the House by maybe being a consistent tither for the first time or uh, filling out one of these and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put God to the test. Let's see what God does. Amen? Cool. Let's talk about our project list, and then we are done. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like a big old fat business meeting. Um, we're not going to be able to do this when we go to two services, you guys, so uh, embrace it while you can. Uh, here we go. 2018 project list, number one is this. We've prioritized and said, here's the things that in, in priority that we need to do. Like, we're going to do these things. Like, next year, we're going to go through this list and say, did the money come in? Boom, it did. Boom, we're going to do it. This is the priority, the things that we want to knock out. Number one is painting the south exterior of our building which is about $10,000 in labor. Because, if you didn't know, I shared this several Sundays ago, uh, that church that we helped uh, during Hurricane Harvey in Angleton, Texas, Pastor Siri Muscarella called me one day and said, you guys came down and bless us. We want to bless you. We're going to buy all the paint and supplies you guys need to paint the south exterior of your building. So, all we got to be in charge of, we want to steward that, is uh, labor costs. And here's what I know. I don't want just anybody painting our building. You know what I mean? It's got to look good. So, we've contract, we, we're working with a few people getting bids, and it's going to be around a $10,000 project. Siri and the church has done, is doing drawings for us, and they're, they're helping us out choose colors and schemes. This is the color palette we've chosen for the exterior. It's something that really honors kind of the earthy tones that already exist. Um, and that will kind of carry us into the future uh, because we got a red roof, too. You know, we got to work with, you know what I'm saying? So we, we, had, to, we had to figure out, okay, what's going to be good? What's going to be something that looks nice? Something that's going to identify for people. Whoa, what's going on at this church? People, I met somebody this morning. They were like, I still didn't even understand anything went on in this building. So once again, this is massive for us. We want to steward the space, the neighborhood, for people to understand that we exist and we are for them. Amen? So uh, about a $10,000 project, so that's what we're raising money for. Uh, numerous other things on this list, you guys. Uh, we'll just go through these. The list goes on, but uh, we just went through and said, here's things that we really need. Our kids' projector, well, not a projector. It's a big old honking TV from like 1990 that's back there that we just need to put out on the curb, and we need to buy them something nice. And luckily, we live in a day and age where projection technology is affordable. It's about $1,000 we can bless and get that project taken care of care of. We want new computers for our kids' check-in. Once again, we prioritize our kids. We, we, we want we're going to invest in our kids. Um, a computer lab computers, meaning this, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of our ministry team training online. And if you don't have access to a computer or internet, we want to create space in our office area for you to come in and get trained uh, and have uh, computers for you to use. So talked a lot about that. A sound bar for the cafe TV. Uh, how many of you guys know sometimes you walk in the cafe, if, that, if the music's not loud, which it's not, it can be kind of awkward. We just want to make sure that the ambiance is there when people get their first impression. Come on, somebody. If that was you this morning, we're on it. Come on. Uh, Supplies and games for the kids' rooms, we want to have a budget for that. Uh, additional signage, we, we got a vision for that and things that we want to do. Building decor, walkie-talkies for our kids and ushers, volunteers, making sure everybody's safe. The list goes on, but honestly, guys, that's, that's top eight, you know what I mean? And that's already with number one, we're talking that's a lot of, lot of money. We got a lot of things that we're thinking about. Uh, number 13 down the list, you know, kitchen stuff, our sanctuary speakers, uh, a playground project. We have a nice playground out there that I know has gone through some wear and tear over the years. So we, we just want to investigate that, see how we can utilize that maybe for our neighborhood, uh, be less fancy and more inviting. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we want to think through that in terms of how we can be a blessing for our neighborhood. But that's going to take time. That's going to take some investigation. Uh, I kind of was like, we're going to gung-ho, take the fence down. But it's like, then somebody's going to get stabbed. By, you know, it's like, no, we're going we're gonna, to, pastor's gung-ho. We're going to use some wisdom and figure out and assess this project, figure out what we're going to do here, right? Um, and, you know, other things that we'd love to have, ice machine for the kitchen. I know those who serve in the kitchen, it's like, 
be nice. We had an uh, ice machine or a dishwasher. So some of these things are represented on this list. That's the stuff we want to just plow through. And we just believe it with our heart for the house and with our tithe co income that we can knock out these projects just one by one. And floating in the background, you guys, once again, priorities change as the, as the year develops. Floating in the background is getting our kids' ministry moved and getting set and ready to be renovated and making that space awesome. So that's not represented in this list, but once again, that's one of our key values. So we want to invest in that as soon as possible. But we got to move a bunch of stuff, and it sounds like we need to put a few work days on the calendar. Hallelujah. Come on. Um, anybody with me? Cool. All right. We're, we're closing. Here we go. Uh, Acts chapter 6. We're going to close in the way we started in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. Uh, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. Um, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. We can only bless at the proportion that we build. That doesn't just mean financially, that also means people, the ways that we invest in people, the type of people we're producing to be a blessing to this community, to transform this community from the inside out. And here's what I know, the apostles could have settled for the distribution of food, but that's all they would have ended up doing. They would have been distracted from their true calling. And here's what I know, we could do everything, we could try to do everything, but that would end up us not doing really anything. But I love it. God's given us clarity going into this year. God's given us the tools. God's given us the, 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 the target to aim for. And I just truly believe this next year is going to be one for the books where we're going to look back on it and say, once again, and celebrate next Team Sunday annual update and just celebrate so many amazing things that God has done as we move forward into our vision and as we move towards our goal to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. Amen. Is anybody excited this morning?